Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. You cannot break God's commandment without being broken personally. Broken vows, broken trust, broken lives. How it affects the extended family. How it affects the nuclear family. How it affects friends and relationships. It has a ripple effect. That's the way sin is. You cannot break the seventh commandment without breaking other commandments along with it. Sometimes we look at sin as only affecting us and our personal relationship with God. Many times, however, the wake of sin creates a ripple that flows great distances. Our family, friends, and relationships of all kinds can be affected by our choices. Pastor Ed today reminds us of how specifically not keeping the seventh commandment, do not commit adultery, can have a great impact and can leave us broken and potentially completely alone to pick up the pieces. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 4, for his continuing study entitled, The Seventh Commandment. People stand at the foot of an altar and make vows and commitments, and then they break those vows because passionate lust dominates, controls, and directs them, and they have broken wedding vows and broken rings and broken lives because of an undisciplined life. So there are unmet needs. Meet your spouse's needs. Unrealized expectations. An undisciplined life. Unresolved conflict. All of those things contribute to the broken marriages that adultery has created. Look at the cost of adultery. The cost of adultery. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 it says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to the one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. God tells us to honor marriage. It's a gift from Him. It's a gift to us. To treat it with respect. His word says be faithful to one another. When you stray from the path of faithfulness to the path of infidelity to adultery, there are things that happen in your life. There's blindness and brokenness and bondage. Look at the path that leads to spiritual blindness. In Proverbs 6.32 it says, But a man who commits adultery lacks judgment. Lacks judgment. What happens is... Sin clouds our thinking, distorts our perception. Suddenly, we can't reason properly. And sin has a way of rationalizing its behavior. Person tries to live under the cloak of darkness as they try to hide their actions and their deeds from spouses and friends and people that they know. And as they hide in that darkness, they no longer can see the light. They no longer can see the right. They're blinded. The blindness is evident because they can't even recognize that they're doing wrong. 
No, no, God's rule book doesn't apply to me. I'm the exception. Listen to the words of Proverbs 30, 20. This is the way of an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. Our institutions have bought into that line. Our media has bought into that line. Our culture is trying to sell that line. I've done nothing wrong. It's the blindness of sin. Think about how people are so blinded. They they try to cover their tracks. They try and cover their steps. They don't want the accusing conviction of the Spirit speaking to them, and so they make their excuses. I'm just meeting my needs. If only my spouse were more sensitive to my needs, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. If my spouse were different, he or she, well, they're my soulmate. I found my soulmate. Oh, they really understand me. You know, I love my wife and my children, so I don't want to get a divorce. So it's better that I have an affair for the sake of my family. As people deceive others, they begin to deceive themselves. And the worst type of deception is self-deception. Blindness that fills a man's heart and mind, so much so that they push off the responsibility of their actions on others around them. It's my spouse's fault. It's other people's fault. Never taking the responsibility for what they've done. And for a a short moment, a short season, the pleasure of sin is there, but it will vanish, it will disappear, it will be gone. There's the spiritual blindness. There's the path of brokenness. Listen again to Proverbs. But a man who commits adultery lacks judgment. Whoever does so destroys himself. A person becomes involved in adultery. And they forget so often their children. They forget their job. They forget their spouse. They forget their God. And they find themselves broken. Because when you break God's commandment, you are broken on that commandment. You cannot break God's commandment without being broken personally. Broken vows, broken trust, broken lives. How it affects the extended family. How it affects the nuclear family. How it affects friends and relationships. It has a ripple effect. That's the way sin is. You cannot break the seventh commandment without breaking other commandments along with it. You have to lie and live a lie. So you break. Thou shalt not lie. You have to steal. You're stealing the relationship that exclusively belongs to another when you commit adultery. You're coveting, you're breaking the 10th commandment when you commit adultery. It has a ripple effect. One sin begets another that begets another that makes it fertile for sin to grow. His brokenness. Listen to an 18-year-old girl 
who had great hopes and bright dreams for her future. Uh, Kate was ready for the world. She was a bubbly honor student looking forward to life in the army. And she signed up in the recruiting office in Houston, Texas. And she took the mandatory AIDS test only to find out that she had AIDS. It was rather recent that she contracted it, so the doctor said, go back to the people you've been involved with in the past year and tell them, let them know what's happened. There wasn't much trouble remembering the men she was with, but when she counted up 24, she said, gosh! And as she went to one of the young men, uh, she got this response. You don't look like that. You don't look like you're that way. And she shot back. What is that way? HIV doesn't mean that I'm dirty or low. It means I made a mistake. Now Brown only blames herself. She says, it makes me angry that I allow this to happen. And then she makes this insightful statement. Choices I made have stolen away the choices I might have had in the future. The choices I have made have stolen away the choices I might have had in the future. That's what adultery does. We are broken when we break God's law. We live in a dangerous culture that is quickly going in the wrong direction. I want to read to you an insightful statement Of those who break up their marriage to marry someone else, 80% are sorry later. Of those who do not marry their lover, which is only about 10%, about 70% of them get another divorce. Of that 25 to 30% that stay married, only half of them are happy. Having an affair is an invitation to an awful lot of pain and tragedy. Let me ask you. Having a hard time. So you break the fence. You pull the wall down. You step over the boundaries that God has set. You take the exit door of adultery to escape the responsibilities. And when you do that, say the marriage does break up. And you do get remarried. Who could trust you? Who could trust you? Because when that next marriage goes through conflict, and it will, for every marriage does, and when that next marriage goes through problems, and it will, for every marriage does, what's to say? You won't take the exit door again into adultery to escape the pressures and the responsibilities of life. It breaks us. And it leads to bondage. Oh, what bondage does it lead to? In Proverbs 15:22, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. They hold you, they tie on to you, they keep you, your mind, your thoughts, your hearts, your emotions. In the middle of an adulterous affair, people don't calculate the high cost of 
what that moment in their thinking of paradise will cost them. In their mind, in their fantasy, it's paradise. It's fool's paradise. It's like sitting on a volcano that's ready to erupt. Because God's judgment is put into his moral law. And one cannot escape the judgment of God. Yes, paradise, hmm, not really, not really. Listen to this insightful statement. An affair is often an attempt to find a little bit of paradise on the side, pursuing the belief that if one just finds the right sexual partner, there will be instant happiness and everything will fall into place. An affair is often able to fulfill this myth until it becomes a relationship that has to be worked at and looked at in the long-term light. Seen in this way, paradise soon becomes a prison. It leads to bondage, held by the powers of darkness, held by the enemy of your soul, held by passions that drive and train and deter you from being what God wants you to be. I am grateful that there is a cure. I am grateful that there is a cure. You don't have to go there. If you've gone there, God forgives. And you can meet the grace and the mercy of God. You could meet forgiveness. Look at the cure briefly. Make a commitment to God's standards. Simple. Make a commitment to God's standards. Now, I know the culture is protesting. I know that the elite are saying, do away with those old standards what we want is follow our passions look at the scriptures how can a person keep his way pure by living according to your word it's in the book take the manual out as you set out and as you're navigating on the sea of marriage take God's word with you drink water from your own well share your love only with your wife be faithful to your own wife and give your love to her alone God's word is to be followed. His commandments are to be adhered to. A commitment to God's standards. I know that they're passe in our culture. I know that they're violated day after day, week after week, by our modern media, by the novels that are being turned out. They turn out 150 pornographic films every single week in America. I think about a letter that was written to dear Abby. Let me read to you the letter. It says, Dear Abby, I'm in love and I'm having an affair with two different women. I can't marry them both. Please tell me what to do, but don't give me any of that morality stuff. Abby's answer was a classic. Dear sir, the only difference between humans and animals is morality. Please write to a veterinarian. Marriage pays good dividends if you'll pay the interest. Make a commitment to God's standards. Count the cost of breaking God's standards. In Proverbs, uh, we're told in chapter 5 and 6 and 7, it takes us to the end of life and it says, view your life 
as an older person who's lived out their years. In Proverbs chapter 5, you don't want to end your life full of regrets, nothing but sin and bones, saying, oh, why didn't I do what they told me? Why did I reject a disciplined life? Why didn't I listen to my mentors or take my teachers seriously? My life is ruined. I haven't one blessed thing to show for my life. What Satan does is he changes the price tag on sin. He obliterates it. And so that won't cost you much. Oh, God will forgive you. Well, you could get away with that. It always costs you more than you anticipate. It will always keep you longer than you plan. Sin cost greatly. David, look at beautiful Bathsheba. Go ahead, David. One night, a one night stand. You're the king. You could do whatever you want. Had David counted the cost? David, if you have sex with Bathsheba, if you break your marital vows and you cross the boundary line and take Uriah's wife, Generations to come will not only remember your felling of Goliath, but they will remember equally your sin of adultery and murder with Bathsheba and then Uriah. David, that sin will cost you turmoil in your family for generations to come where your own children will turn against you and your own children will repeat your sin. Look at all of the turmoil and all of the high price of sin. Count the cost. Number three, quickly, a maintenance program for your marriage. In the book, His Needs, Her Needs, Building an Affair-Proof Marriage, Dr. Willard Harley says, Marriages are most susceptible to affairs, to adultery, where couples are not meeting one another's needs. And he writes, here are the needs of the wife. Needs for affection, conversation, honesty and openness, financial commitment and family commitment. Here's the husband's needs. Husbands primarily need sexual fulfillment, recreational companionship, an attractive spouse, domestic support and admiration. Work on a fair proofing your marriage. Work on keeping the enemy out and God in. Develop proper boundaries for yourself. Develop proper boundaries for yourself. In Malachi 2.15 it says, Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife in body and spirit? You're his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard yourself, remain loyal to the wife of your youth. Be very careful how much time you spend with the opposite sex. Begin fantasizing, thinking about them. Cut off that relationship. If it means more to spend time with him or her than it does with your spouse, you're going in the wrong direction. Refuse to act on feelings of attraction to someone other than your spouse. There'll be feelings of attraction that you have. You're made that way. But don't act on them. Put them at the altar and focus on your marriage. Avoid outside influences such as business parties, private lunches where drinking is involved, where it can diminish just your ability to say no. 
Make your spouse a top priority. Work through the problems. Work through the issues. Change your attitude about your marriage. Change it. Someone has said, love is blind. But I'll tell you, lust is blind, deaf, and dumb. It makes fools and destroys lives and takes people in the wrong direction. God is the only third party in marriage that can make it work. Let him in. Let him in. I still remember so vividly as we sat on the presbytery years ago Part of our responsibility was rehabilitating those who had fallen into sin who were in ministry. And this one man, who had been a joyful, radiant Christian leader, well respected by his family and within the community that he served, he crossed the boundary line. He broke his vows. His wife was sitting beside him. You could see the ravages of sin that took their toll on him. Once, black hair. And it seemed like turned gray in a short span of time. Youthful look had changed to a look of just despair and hopelessness. And I could still remember how supportive his wife was trying to be. But how he looked at a bleak future. His children no longer respected him. His congregants no longer respected him. His community no longer trusted him. Adultery cost. But it all begins, Jesus said, in the heart. Before a man or a woman crosses that line and before they break their vows, again and again, a thousand times over, they have done it in their hearts. So Jesus said, Watch your heart, guard it. And Proverbs says, Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. I am so grateful that God can forgive anything and everything. If that's where you've been, that can be a past chapter in your life. God's grace is greater than your sin. We come to this table of grace to receive his mercy and forgiveness. But if that's the state that you are in now, flee. Flee from it. Flee to the mercy seat. Turn to God with all your heart, with all your soul, with your total being. Commit yourself to living His standards. Maintain your marriage. Keep the boundaries up. Let God's Word be written in your conscience and in your heart and in your soul and in your spirit. Because to break God's commandments is to rob you of your future, destroy you of your present, and break your life. The Ten Commandments are truly an epic part of the Bible. Hollywood has forever immortalized this section of the scripture in a movie starring Charlton Heston. 
While we know that we can't keep these commandments in order to gain entrance into heaven, what is our relationship to them? Pastor Ed will tackle this question and many others as he teaches through this 10-part series entitled, The Ten Commandments. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 845- 462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.